nights are quieter than they used to be. The days longer. The neon screams of vague terrors haunt the streets of Metro. Grief is buried in a shallow grave that easily washes to the surface. But hope rides in on a cool chill. Welcome to Metro. The comedy club was called Chuckles, probably because anytime someone opens a comedy club and they need to name it, they just open the thesaurus to the page that says laughter and pick one of the synonyms. The sign was still humming its neon blue along with the rest of the advertisements lining the streets. There weren't nearly the number of cars or definitely people you used to see, even if it was almost two in the morning. Metro used to have a pulse even into the wee hours. It might not have been that way everywhere, but this city had decided to sleep. The ground was slightly wet in the way it seemed like it always was. She couldn't remember if it had rained recently, but she decided that didn't really matter. Zara heard the pieces of asphalt grinding under the wheels of a car that rolled by slowly, the rubber making an almost sticky separation from the road. She sort of covered her face as the car went past, and it probably looked about as natural as a wax figure didn't matter. Those AI cabs were riddled with cams, and Zara wanted there to be as little evidence of her being there as possible, just in case she was getting into a dicier situation than she'd realized. The door to the comedy club opened before she even had a chance to peek in the windows. A young black man who couldn't have been more than 23 or so, wearing a denim jacket and holding a tattered college rule notebook, was standing there looking at her. "'You coming in or not?' he asked with a pinch of indifference." Zara followed him inside. They walked up to the bar and sat down. It was an old wooden bar with articles about stand-up comics who'd binned the club lacquered to the surface. Most of the room was yellowed to varying degrees, the ghosts of ancient cigarettes haunting the drywall. The bar area wasn't too large, about ten tables in the bar with two sets of doors on the back wall that mostly led to the showroom. The man that had let her in set his notebook down behind the bar and asked, You need a drink or something? Andrea will be right out. Zara was thrown off by the casual dropping of her mystery person's name. She wasn't expecting to be meeting a woman for some reason. She always just assumed the gritty dungeons of the feed were mostly inhabited by adult man-children with a variety of unhealthy attachments and out-of-control anger issues. I'll have a bourbon. The real stuff if you have it. Zara managed to reply in a fairly even tone. She was keeping it together a lot better on the outside, but inside her anxiety had been causing all sorts of turmoil from the moment she opened this mystery message. We haven't had anything real in this shithole for years, but our synth vendor is surprisingly good for how cheap this piss water is, he replied. He poured Zara's drink and the bar behind him sank down into the floor. A large white woman who was fairly tall but somehow also kinda dumpy on her upper half with a long brown ponytail, thick makeup that made her look just a smidge unhinged, and black thick rimmed glasses walked out from the hidden room and the bar raised back up behind her. She was a creature that changed as she moved, blurring all of the physical characteristics that were mired in fact with the graceful reverence of back-stiffening confidence. 
This place used to be a speakeasy during the second prohibition. She pulled a vape stick out of her front pocket and blew a nice cloud that smelled like strawberry and root beer into the air as she took the stool next to Zara at the bar. You probably don't recognize me anymore. You're a bit young. Name's Andrea Reynolds, kid. Sorry we had to meet like this. Zara's brain started rapidly flipping through the files in her mind to see if she could place the name, and then it hit her. Andrea had been an edgy stand-up comic, a bit of a dying art when society starts holding taboos so tightly. She was really popular back when ghouls' hunger had been solved. She would stick it to the people in charge for the mistakes they'd made. She'd call out the blatant obscuring of information. She would really put herself out on the line with some of her material. At one point, she might have been the most popular guest on the all-day news feeds and the pop culture chat feeds. Then... People stopped wanting to hear what she had to say. She wouldn't stop talking about GH no matter who told her to shut up about it. It was funny when people thought the disease was beaten. That made it easy to laugh at the mistakes of the past. But the more the future looked unchanged, the more bleak the idea of government success became, the less people wanted to hear it. She got blackballed and shadow banned from the feeds. Her shows were canceled. Her cash channel was banned, and she faded out of the peering eyes of society. She was the perfect example of why Zara had been so afraid to even mention what had happened with Taylor on her own feed. I, I do actually recognize you, your, your name anyway, Zara replied. My dad loved your stuff. He even stuck with you for a bit after you'd mostly been banned. That's nice to hear, Andrea said, now essentially living in a vape cloud looking like an old cartoon on a bad day. I'm sorry about your fiancé. I lost my husband and then my wife, both to GH. Still think someone from the government had something to do with it, but if no scientist on Earth can prove the source, I'm not going to. At least not without you. Best investigative journalist on the planet, and suddenly this happens to your wife. Weird how that works. What exactly are you saying? Zara asked, slamming her drink on the counter after she finished it. She shook her head for a moment as the whiskey worked its way around the sharp angles of her swallow. Zara shook herself straight to try and listen for the signs of a grift. I'm saying there's so much more to what's happening with GH than they'll ever admit. I'm saying these people, these monsters, are choosing who they want in the pits, and I think... I have a lead to prove it, Andrea said, handing Zara a business card with worn edges. It said Nick Buck and had a private feed number scribbled on it in pen. You know you sound crazy, right? Like, I mean, sure, my writing might piss some people off, but this is like some Mars origin theory conspiracy levels of nuts, Zara said. I mean, why would my fiancé be on anyone's radar? I don't know. Price of your fame, I guess? You should look more into the Mars thing, too, but I really think you should start with this, Andrea replied with a sense of humor. Listen, I know what sounds crazy, and also I know what is crazy. Ignoring our problems, a problem this big that continues no matter how much we ignore it, that's the real crazy. It was silent for a second. Andrea could tell Zara wasn't sure what to do. Hey, you want closure? Call the number. You don't have to write a damn word. Just talk to this guy. See what he has to say. Tell him you've been watching the fights and you want an inside scoop, or I don't know. You're the journalist. You'll figure that part out. All of this was so out of left field. 
Zara considered just walking out of that club and leaving Andrea's desperate scratching for meaning behind. She was clearly using her for the connections she'd had, but Andrea was no dummy. She didn't waste time getting to the hook, and she had to have known that the video clip would press the journalist button on the back of her stupid brain and make her intrigued. It also made her think that if Andrea could send intimidating messages from blank accounts in a way she'd never seen before, maybe she could also make filters that would turn a ghoul into a reasonably realistic version of Taylor just to reel Zara in. At the same time, they were in a dive bar pretending it was a comedy club in the middle of the night and this didn't exactly set off alarm bells that she was being scammed. Something about Andrea just felt too real for that. What do you do now? Zara asked. If that's not too forward, just curious what my future could look like if I decide this story's worth it. I deliver pizzas out of the back of this place. They can't put me on stage anymore, but most people don't recognize me when I'm delivering the pizzas. If they do, I just tell them it's an unfortunate coincidence. I also run a pirate feed station, and I run a zine on the GH resistance. I'm, I'm not alone in this, if that's what you're thinking. Andrea replied, a bit taken aback. After so many years living in virtual exile, her natural instinct was the defensive position. Didn't mean to offend, Zara said. She put the card in her pocket and stood up to leave. You didn't, Andrea replied, shaking off some of the edge she'd put herself on. Good luck. Let me know if you uh, end up needing any help. Not that I expect you will. Zara stopped at the door and looked back at Andrea and asked, What's Pompeii? An ancient city built near a volcano. Volcano goes boom and the whole place gets buried in the ash. Almost instantaneously, Andrea replied. I, I know that, Zara laughed a bit. Just a slight chuckle. Barely more than a cough, but the notion of finding something new funny felt foreign enough that it stood out to her. Sorry, um, we did a hollow lesson on it in my mid-level edge feeds. Uh, what I mean to say is, why was it written at the end of the message you sent me? There was a doctor, early in the GH pandemic. Some people were holding him up as this beacon of hope. He could speak decently, had more charisma than most people that live their entire lives in a lab. Thing is, charisma, promises, those only get you so far. Even with proficiency bonuses. <laughs> some people turned on him. Some people thought he was a problem from day one. They thought everything he said was some coded message trying to mind control the country. Got kicked off the official government feeds, but he never stopped trying to find a cure, Andrea explained. She had this storyteller in her that was trying to burst out from her insides, one that hadn't been allowed to breathe the way it could when she was able to get on stage and let the words paint her pictures. Yeah, well, here we are over a decade later, and I've never seen a cure, Zara replied. She turned and started opening the door to leave again, but she stopped herself. I'm not exactly in the right headspace right now, for obvious reasons. Is there any chance I can just hang here for a bit? Like, I don't have to talk. I can, I can just drink. Talk and drink as much as you want, sweetheart, Andrea said. I can always use a new set of ears, trust me. It's easy to bond over dead spouses.